You're listening to Door to the District from Glasgow City Innovation District. From space and quantum applications to cutting-edge financial and health technology, this series is all about the collaboration, entrepreneurship and world-class research housed here in the city and making an impact around the world. Each episode, we take a peek behind some of the many varied district doors, finding out how people work, innovate and grow. Glasgow's having its moment. I've never seen Glasgow so vibrant in terms of the startups coming through it. How successful leaders are nurturing the leaders of tomorrow. The TechScaler is an environment where a startup can have long-term curation, so physical space, but it also combines that with genuinely internationally sourced training material for founding teams from Silicon Valley and elsewhere. And how local partnerships are empowering innovations for the world stage. The exciting thing for us is the vision that um, Strathclyde University has with the district. I think it tries to enable a whole new way of working together and a whole new way of collaborating. Thanks for joining us for the latest episode of this series from Glasgow City Innovation District. I'm your host, Katrina Shearer. And in this episode, we're taking stock of another critical and cutting-edge development that's being adopted here in the district. The domain affects how we find information, how we work, study and play, and also provides us with a means to shop and bank without visiting the high street. It's a sector where increasing numbers of people earn a living, and their work allows us to do the same. The sector in question is, of course, tech, and it's one that touches every industry. Innovations here create the tools we use every day at work and at home and are subject to vast sums of investment and intense activity to solve complex problems, create new platforms and grow market share. The district, as you would expect, is home to many tech companies, but rather than a review of their work and the array of applications and industries they cover, we're going to spend some time getting to know the tech ecosystem. If you heard our episode about the innovation ecosystem earlier in this series, you probably have a good idea of what an ecosystem entails. And this one in particular has some roots in a report reviewing how the sector can contribute to Scotland's economic recovery after the pandemic. The review took a systems view to the tech ecosystem. You know, it's uh, tried to move us away from its isolated interventions from different stakeholders towards a common model of the ecosystem in, in a manner that would allow different stakeholders to make complementary and mutually reinforcing interventions to accelerate that ecosystem towards uh, a sort of tipping point in the exponential age that we now find ourselves in. And governments will need to change how they operate. We can't operate to the same clock speed, if you like, the same rhythm as we did 100 years ago. So that requires government to learn, I think, from you know, uh, how internet economy companies iterate at speeds and some of those practices. And I'm, I'm endeavouring to constructively provoke my colleagues in government towards those kind of uh, iteration speeds. The report's author knows a few things about the exponential age and the lightning speed of technological advance. He's the government's chief entrepreneurial officer advising and implementing policy. He also advises firms looking to accelerate their growth and teaches computer science or startup growth engineering as he describes it. 
My name is Mark Logan, and I started uh, life, I guess, as a software engineer many years ago. It started off in BT's research labs, uh, but quickly ended up in startups. And uh, I took various roles in startups, eventually took various leadership roles in startups. Um, and my last startup was uh, Skyscanner, where I was the chief operating officer and uh, I was responsible for the general management of the business from about 90 people to about 1,000. And uh, after we sold Skyscanner and, and uh, it was acquired by C-Trip from China, I decided that you know, I'd, I'd been in this sort of startup senior exec game for a long time. I was frankly pretty tired after the, the Skyscanner experience, but I still wanted to very much contribute to developing the ecosystem here. So I started to put together a sort of portfolio of uh, roles that would help me contribute in that sense. Mark's former company Skyscanner is one of Europe's most successful tech companies. Alongside Scotland's craft brewers Brewdog and the fantasy sports startup FanDuel, Skyscanner attained unicorn status, a private firm valued at over a billion dollars. Created by a trio of university friends and grown into a globally recognised brand from its base in Edinburgh, Skyscanner can be seen as a catalyst for the tech industry in Scotland, a blueprint and inspiration for others. Now, as part of government and academia, Mark is looking to cultivate the sector using lessons learned, especially at Skyscanner, to push forward real change. And this is where we venture into the tech ecosystem, the initiative that's looking to put the findings and recommendations from Mark's report into place. I think the way I think about it is that you essentially have a kind of funnel and going into the funnel at one end is talent. So you've got to, you know, that already implies you've got to do things to increase the amount of talent going into that funnel. And coming out of it are companies that have reached their natural level of scale now, not every company should become, you know, a Google or a, you know, sort of unicorn, etc. And then inside that 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 funnel, what, what are the stages? Well, one end of it, you've got a relatively large number of very very small, almost pre-startups, you know, one and two person um, operations, and some subset of those very early stage kind of pre-founders become actual startups. And some subset of those startups become scale-ups of different sizes, you know, small, medium and large scale-ups. So this funnel is narrowing from that early stage all the way through to the kind of very scaled companies. But I would say in Scotland, historically, our, our funnel is narrowed too quickly. So essentially, the, the policy challenge is to identify interventions in the funnel that widen that funnel, cause that narrowing rate to decrease and I think there's a very important um, principle that's part of that, which is tech ecosystems exhibit a tipping point. And that tipping point is when there is a sufficient critical mass of startups and scale-ups that certain virtuous kind of uh, compounding effects kick in. So, for example, when I was in Skyscanner, we got to about uh, you know 500 people. It was really difficult to attract a senior VP of engineering from, say, the Silicon Valley to come to Scotland at that time because you know if she comes with her family it's a big relocation job and um, it doesn't work out at Skyscanner then she's kind of got to move back again and that's very disruptive so when you get to that tipping point you can attract that talent it strengthens the company's ecosystem which creates more demand for senior talent exactly the same thing happens with with investments 
and also with talent recycling from our larger successful companies into our earlier stage companies. These all strengthen the ecosystem. So when you get to that tipping point, the ecosystem almost kind of runs itself. And therefore, the job of policy is to try to accelerate the ecosystem towards that tipping point, after which you can relax those interventions a little bit. Our next guest is also someone who's supporting the tech ecosystem. Stephen Drost is a serial entrepreneur and he's now also in the business of helping business. Raising investment, sourcing talent, building products, services and revenues, even selling companies, Stephen has got the experience. But he admits defining ecosystems is still a bit of a challenge. So I think tech ecosystems are actually pretty difficult to define. They are essentially emergent phenomena, so they kind of develop over time. One way of looking at ecosystem definitions is looking at this sort of most bare bones West Coast libertarian one, which is, I think, is from Paul Graham, and it's something along the lines of geeks, people with money in a place they both want to live in. And that was the kind of famous, very thin definition of, of the valley. I think as that definition travels the world, um, different locations add to it, essentially. And the additions are basically a reflection of the kind of hierarchies and existing incumbent structures in given locations. So very often people will add uh, academia to an ecosystem or the state somehow or large corporations or business service providers or strong courts and laws and things like that. So, so it's fairly difficult. And essentially the definition of an ecosystem very much reflects the reality of the person defining it. Um, it's, you know, it's probably a trite linguistic analysis, but there you go. I think for, for the UK or for Europe, ecosystems mostly consist of startups, investors, the state, academia, and then various kind of smaller companies that uh, do business services or work as digital agencies, etc. As the Chief Strategy Officer at Codebase, an organisation that's focused on building culture, community and education that promotes and supports tech innovation, Stephen has led a £45 million grant from the Scottish Government to develop a network of tech industry hubs. In short, Stephen and his colleagues are working towards accelerating Scotland's tech ecosystem towards maturity. So, after we posed him the challenge of defining an ecosystem... We asked if he could describe a mature and successful ecosystem. I think the real, true kind of successful ecosystem is Silicon Valley, and that's an obvious statement. I think all the other kind of success stories, I don't know, Berlin or, or Paris or London, or see, then it becomes difficult because you start to switch from cities to countries. You say Sweden or Finland, uh, things like that. I think they're, they're kind of shadows or echoes of, of what the Valley does. Um, I don't think we yet have a fully-fledged ecosystem that's separate to the kind of Valley playbook world. I think they're kind of versions of that that are closer or further away. It's just an opinion. I'm sure that people will push back on that and have different views. But I think we're all striving to build a more successful ecosystem in Scotland. And I think we've got a, a whole lot of the needed ingredients to do that. Um, we've got very, very strong academia. We've got lots of strong, forgive me for the phrase, but human capital. So we've got lots of clever people. And we're presiding historically over a kind of weird blip, it seems, compared to the rest of the world, that the smartest people in the country, if they're Scottish, can go to university for free. So we have a situation where the, the cleverest people can get the kind of best education for free. And I think one of the things we're looking at is how do you motivate or incentivize those people to then become 
founders to go out and build startups, to build new things rather than just joining existing things. Those people, the talent, potential founders and team members at startups are a vital part of the ecosystem. Alongside funding and infrastructure, talent and education are seen as foundations of the tech ecosystem, the fundamental components needed to support its success. Mark and Stephen both believe that a new way of thinking is required to create a fertile environment to build these components into effective inputs. And using partnerships and collaboration at Glasgow City Innovation District is one route towards achieving those goals. The exciting thing for us is the vision that um, Strathclyde University has with the district. I think it brings together lots of those um, components I was talking about earlier and tries to enable a whole new way of working together and a whole new way of collaborating. And um, collaboration is, is so, so, so important to us. This kind of game just doesn't work in silos. It doesn't work in isolation. You have to work together. You have to exchange ideas. You have to exchange learning, trade experiences, etc. Um, if you don't, it's, it's kind of doomed. It's kind of artificial as well. Um, so it's all about interacting with the real world and clashing against um, barriers and walls and trying to get over them or under them or past them or, you know, make new doors, etc. I think uh, Strathclyde gets that and uh, have just been a great partner. I think, therefore, it's quite necessary that we just need to exchange ideas, need to talk to each other, need to inspire each other as well, which is might sound a bit sort of romantic, but it's really necessary. Another leader looking to exchange ideas and inspire is CEO Rich Wilson. As a board member at the Data Lab, Scotland's Innovation Centre for Data and AI, and also as a podcaster with his show, First Time Founder. He sees the district as a great founders forum, as well as a resource for talent and learning in the sector. So yeah, I think it definitely accelerates those those relationships. You start to meet people, to share your war stories, you're getting to share challenges. And we all share the same, same challenges, right? I think every founder does share the the same challenges, you know, product, people, funding, right? The same, we've all got the same challenges. And I think the other thing which which the, the district is starting to do well, if you think about tapping into the universities, right? Strathclyde, Glasgow Cali, they've got amazing programs that we tap into them, right? Well, like data scientists and software developers, we have our apprentices from, from either university. So I think it's helping also create those collaborations because it's it can be quite hard to collaborate with universities but when there's a program like the like the GE program, the graduate apprentice, which is four days with us and then one day in a university, that's actually really easy. It's really easy to administer. You pay them like an employee, but they're they're learning um, through doing. But also they have a day a day a week with university. That's a great program. Every company in Scotland should be using that program. So for me, that that helped. And we've got you know a young man who was struggling to find work, was a self taught developer, but struggled to find work, was unemployed for two years, and he's now one of our strongest developers and uh, that wouldn't happen without some of those um without some of those kind of introductions rich's company has grown over the last 2 years starting as a team of 2 gigged ai now has around 12 permanent staff his journey as a founder started after over a decade of working in tech recruitment with a firm from the united states who were operating across europe i was part of the early scottish operation and then you know worked my way up over over the years, so I was very much in what was called contingent staffing, right? So providing contractors and consultants to large digital transformations. And after after kind of twelve years, I had um, I suffered quite bad burnout. It's a very manual, in fact, really bad burnout. It's a really manual job, 
going out and winning work, you know, with big banks normally, and then finding the people and then delivering the product. It's, it's very demanding on you. Twelve years was probably enough, right? So I was I then got out involved a bit more in the Scottish ecosystem with the data lab. So I was on the board for the data lab for three years. And then I was uh, I worked with Gartner as an advisor, a technology advisor to CIOs mainly. Those kind of three experiences over the course of nearly 16 years gave me the, the, the inspiration to build a talent platform, a way for people to qualify work and be matched to talent. Gigged AI's approach to recruitment and the use of technology is having a real impact. Awarded and recognised by funding groups Scottish Edge and KPMG and Barclays Innovation Competitions. Using artificial intelligence to support and reduce the workload of recruiters, Gigged AI helps both hiring companies and its growing community of freelancers. A big part of our objective is to help define good quality work and make sure people that are then matched to that opportunity and quickly, right? If you think about old school recruitment, it's very manual, right? You need to have someone that qualifies, write down everything on paper, then they match people. You know, it's a really, really inefficient process when you think about it. And there's a lot of human bias and there's a lot of risk in that process. And AI doesn't totally eradicate that, of course, right? But it does help with the quality of the definition, um, I still think interviews, you leave that alone, right? AI should stay away from interviews. But when it comes to um, when it comes to the qualification and the uh, the matching, that's where they can, we, we, can, we can help match the right people. I think one of the best examples, we had a young man who came up to me, he was 21, 22, just came through Edinburgh Uni as a data scientist and could not get a, could not get a job. And he came up and he said, I want to thank you. I'm like, what do you want to thank me for? And he's like, I just picked up an internship at Royal London Group thanks to you matching me as a 99% match and I got the job without an interview and if I had to interview, I wouldn't have got the job. So I think that's the power of, of, of the software, right? It can help and that can be the same for a £1,000 a day data scientist, but it can really also help with those at the start of their career. Another side of our business is that we provide that technology to education providers, to large enterprises, so they can actually build their own marketplaces internally. So it's called the internal talent marketplace. So um, so they can retain their staff and upskill their staff. So there's two, two sides of our software, either for open talent or internal talent. The tech ecosystem has improved, but Rich wants to see it advance further so that others like him can succeed in the sector. And he'd like to see big changes in one particular area, investment. There are strong pre-seed and seed investors out there. Right? So there's some strong ones, Par Equity, Techstart, are the, the two that came to mind. They, they, they do a lot. They're very active. They do a lot in the, the ecosystem. There's a lot of good experience out there as well. Right? There's a lot of people that have been there, done it. There's a really good angel network. I think we need to do a better job of highlighting the amazing angels there are because Scotland is blessed to have some amazing angels. You know, So I think there is, there is strength in the people around, but um, we need to try and pull it together a little bit more. Mark also sees areas for improvement. In fact, his report listed a total of 34 recommendations. His goal is to tackle a number of issues, including investment, by launching government-backed networks called TechScaler. The TechScaler is an environment where a startup can have long-term curation, so physical space, but it also combines that with genuinely internationally sourced best-in-class training material for founding teams, and we've, we've sourced that from Silicon Valley and elsewhere. 
Um, and then it also includes what we call a kind of town square where every meetup in the city can take place for free in that environment. That's to stimulate that peer learning, that network, etc. And we're working now with, for example, our enterprise agencies to look at how we can integrate grant funding natively into this platform so that when a company is curated for entry into TechScores, it's also automatically curated and supported through a set of grant stages as well. So it's just a much more efficient, integrated process. So we have that network now up and running. We've also attached to that what we call the Ecosystem Fund, and that's where the Scottish Government and in version two, the Scottish Government combined with, with private enterprise um, can make investments or grants, I should say, to ecosystem builders, as we call them, you know, conferences, tech meetups, trips to Silicon Valley with founders to learn from you know, companies there, just to start to build that market square, that town square of sharing and knowledge and, and confidence. At the education side, we have a, a goal in Scotland to make computing science a peer of mathematics, but we've got a, a significant programme in place to do that, which involves bringing more teachers into the profession, continuously upskilling the teachers we have, because computing science is different to other subjects where, you know, if things don't change that rapidly, but in computing science, you know, if you graduated 10 years ago, maybe you never built an app. Um, so obviously that, the world has changed then uh, there. Over on the funding side, we are working to establish a scale-up fund in Scotland. And uh, what we're going to hopefully do is, is cornerstoning uh, a fund that will attract other investment into Scotland and uh, will help us bring more scale-up capital into Scotland's scaling tech companies. But we are making progress, and I'm delighted to, to see that we are making some progress against a you know, defined strategy and a direction. Stephen's organisation has been appointed by the government to deliver the tech scaler across Scotland. As part of those efforts in the city, the district and the University of Strathclyde have joined the partnership alongside Barclays Eagle Labs. I think TechScaler is a, a piece of nationwide infrastructure for founders, for people who want to build companies. And the idea is that if you create a piece of infrastructure that um, is chopped into the following four buckets, um, so you've got some space, right? So we're um, in six cities, uh, hopefully soon seven. You have bunch of education you can access. You have a community aspect, so there's there's meetups and events and just being with other people around you. And then finally, there's mentorship as the fourth co um, component. By bundling those aspects together, you're creating a piece of infrastructure that essentially shortens the distance from your desire to build a startup to the actuality of executing on that desire, learning, doing more faster, as they say, in a more realistic way, with a cohort of a bunch of people who are trying to do similar stuff to you. So you've got a community around you that's normalised this pursuit, that it doesn't seem kind of strange and odd or some kind of weird risk or something, you know, you shouldn't do, you should join a bank or something instead. As Stephen said, holding events helps to build that community. And as part of the work to deliver the ecosystem at the district, events have been created and hosted, like Glasgow Tech Fest, the first tech conference in Glasgow. Having returned this April after 2022's inaugural event, hundreds of attendees have now participated, discussing commercial strategies, investment and, of course, the ecosystem. And with plans to add more events to the calendar, support for the ecosystem continues to grow. Events are, are crucial to ecosystems. They're, they're in many ways a kind of glue uh, that keeps an ecosystem together, uh, that gives people content, it gives people 
things to talk about and it gives people, you know, real hard stop phenomena to, to congregate around. The challenge for us is to know that there are already great events going on. You know, we have to be respectful of that and and, and frankly we, we are and um, we're fans of the events that are ongoing. But at the same time, I think there's a need to create new events. So I think there's a huge opportunity to build a whole bunch of new events in Scotland. Events essentially help people understand that they're not alone in this game, that there's other people doing it too. And they can exchange ideas, they can exchange experiences, trade war stories, etc. I think it's always really important as well to, to shout out kind of local heroes of uh, startup ecosystems. You know, when I think about Glasgow, for example, I would, you know, think about people like Michael Hayes, who have done an amazing job of of building presence, uh, creating events, uh, just building culture. So, you know, that's another aspect of, of ecosystem building I think can never be never be underestimated. I think in Glasgow, we are seeing more events. I think we've now got a lot more facilities to do it. You know, the what Strathclyde University have built and a lot of the other um, startup events that clockwise we're in. You know, there's a lot of great, great buildings. There's lots of great facilities now, which we never had before, and that is bringing more events. We've obviously got the um, Glasgow Tech Week and we're seeing, we're seeing lots more um, events. Obviously, COP coming to Glasgow a couple of years ago was huge as well. So all that does is raise the profile and gives the founders another chance to a, to collaborate more and get the story out there, right? Because that's all it is for, for a lot of founders out there. How can we get the story out there? How can we get people known about us? I think the events, like what the Innovation District's doing, is pulling a lot of the founders together and is giving them a a place to exhibit, to tell their story, giving them time on stage to tell their story. You know, every event, I try and talk to as many events as I can because you never know, right? You just meet one person that might be a new client, they might be your next hire, they might be your next investor. So I think the more events we do, the more opportunities we're creating. Creating opportunity is one of the founding aims of the district. And with collaboration, investment, education and a welcoming, flexible environment, the goal is to upgrade the tech ecosystem. To create an ecosystem that supports and nurtures tech businesses, making it fit for the city, the region and the future. Humans are innately entrepreneurial and we know that because we're still alive, which means our ancestors entrepreneurially solved lots of survival problems. It's just the innate state. You know, I grew up in a town which was once, you know, before I was born, essentially the, the Silicon Valley of its age. You know, this town made 20% of all the world's ships at some point. So when when the, the currency of tech was steel and not software, Scotland was at, that, at its epicentre. But I think when Scotland failed to essentially update its technologies, update its uh, stands, move on to new domains, etc., it um, essentially lost all of that industry and that caused a significant uh, loss of confidence in the country. And then in the 80s, Scotland tried to import a tech sector. You know, we had Motorola and IBM and you know, Hewlett-Packard and a whole bunch of companies came in, hired Scottish people. But what we didn't do was grow our own uh, startup sector in parallel with that. Uh, and then when that went away, um, as the economic cycle turned over, there was another loss of confidence. So... The entry position here is that Scotland um, has a lot of entrepreneurial innate talent and I'm seeing a young generation of founders who don't know the story I've just told, who see the internet brings every customer on earth to their doorstep and who want to 
take advantage of that. And I think it's it's our job, us in a generation slightly slightly further on than that, to create the best possible conditions we can for those young people and not so young people to understand what entrepreneurialism is about, to normalise entrepreneurialism, to create an infrastructure and an educational environment that gives them the best chance to be successful. So that's essentially the goals of this endeavour. But having grown up in those conditions where I saw that reverse because we got complacent, I'm very focused on contributing to creating an economy that doesn't make that mistake again and, and rediscovers its confidence. Next time on Door to the District. So I think it's a great place to be if you're entrepreneurial, if you want to start up a business. You can do that here. It's affordable to do it here. It's realistic to do it here. But importantly, you'll be coming into a city that has got just an amazing network of designers, architects, technologists, innovators. Uh, creative Industries was the fastest growing area of economic activity in the UK, worth 111, nearly 112 billion gross value added every year. The stuff that converts ideas and IP into industries, it retains talent and profit in the country, it creates meaningful opportunities for inclusive growth, it creates sustainable jobs that can't be robotised. That's it for this episode. Thank you to our guests Mark Logan, Rich Wilson and Stephen Drost. And thank you for listening.